When you think about ingredients, what do you think about? The essential components of great tasting food products? The ingredient declaration on the back of the packaging? Or perhaps you see ingredients as biosolutions that can help secure a sustainable food supply, tackling climate change and overcoming threats to biodiversity. If you're increasingly concerned about the latter, then Denmark's ingredient sector is right behind you. Hello, I'm Kath Mersch, and this is the Food Nation podcast. Of course, food producers rely on ingredients to give food and feed products their taste and texture and keep them good, safe and nutritious to the end of their shelf life. They're also functional tools for efficient production processes. In Denmark, the ingredient sector meets the needs of markets all over the world and many of their challenges. Today, established ingredient companies, research institutes and startups are pouring considerable effort into developing ingredients as biosolutions to some of the biggest challenges of our time. Climate change, biodiversity loss, health, not to mention extreme volumes of food waste. In this episode, we'll talk to some of the Danes working with sustainable proteins, biological plant protectants, and bioactive compounds from seaweed. They're just some of the biosolutions aimed at getting the planet back in balance. Christian Hansen is one of Denmark's oldest ingredient producers. Founded in 1874, its first product was animal rennet for cheesemaking, extracted from ruminant stomachs, which were a waste product at the time. 150 years later, Christian Hansen has grown into a global bioscience company, ranked by the Corporate Knights Index as one of the most sustainable corporations in the world. Although the portfolio has grown considerably, The original idea to develop safe and sustainable solutions is still the foundation. Here's Rune Jansson, who is head of sustainability. When we look at the sustainable challenges in the food industry, there is actually quite a number from my perspective. It's climate change, it's a biodiversity crisis, and then obviously under that we have some more tangible uh, the challenges we need to, to solve, such as improving productivity of the existing system, finding new innovative solutions with smaller environmental footprint uh, and tasty products, of course. We produce uh, ingredients based on uh, microbiology and, and fermentation. So that's our core business. Uh, so obviously we, we look at uh, the challenges that, that lie close to our solutions today. But we also try to look at some of the challenges that we, we are facing and see if we can come up with, with new solutions actually to tackle those challenges. At Christian Hansen, it's become the norm to align the performance targets for new solutions with international sustainability initiatives, particularly the UN Sustainable Development Goals. The way we have done it is that we've looked at our entire product portfolio here and used the Sustainable Development Goals as kind of a analytic tool to say, do a certain product group drive a positive sustainable change or not? So that means that on a yearly basis, we can actually go in and account how much of our revenue, how much of the sales of our ingredients, of our microbial solutions has a positive contribution to one of the sustainable development goals. And that assessment have actually been 
quite instrumental in putting Christian Hansen in the position we're in today as a sustainability leader. So you can say the sustainable development goals we use on a very overall level, where some of the other targets that we see coming up now, this is about the EU wanting to reduce the use of chemical pesticides by 50% by 2030. That's more related to our specific product line directed towards plant health and biological plant protection solutions that can go in and reduce the use of chemical pesticides. So there we see a direct link. All of Christian Hansen's ingredient solutions are based on the same ancient technology, fermentation. Used by mankind for thousands of years, this natural process continues to have untold potential. In fact, when you look to the future, precision fermentation is likely to be a key enabler of the transition to sustainable food and agricultural production. Not only does fermentation have like a, a good ability to create tasty, safe food product, also ensuring good shelf life, but we can also see that we can identify some new interesting uh, functionalities. I mentioned this about the biological plant protection solutions, which is kind of a, a new application that we are, we are looking into. We also more focused now, for example, on developing solutions specified to fight food waste directly. So we simply have solutions on the shelf today that can actually go in and extend shelf life of food products and in that way reduce food waste. Christian Hansen is working closely with our customers on a daily basis. I mean, we are an ingredient to their production of the final food products. So we are used to uh, collaborating especially when we look into some of those new uh, novel areas around the protein alternatives or the meat alternatives or the dairy alternatives. The markets are still uh, picking up. So the way we try to prepare is through collaborations of different kinds. Yeah, so I think another interesting collaboration we're looking into is again around the plant protection solutions that we have already on the shelf today. Here, obviously, uh, we need to have really robust documentation before we go out and make sustainability claims. We all know the landscape of greenwashing and so on, which means, of course, as always, we need to have very well-documented effects. But, but obviously, uh, looking into figuring out, can we improve uh, soil health? How do we even define soil health? Does these uh, plant health solutions, do they actually allow for uh, improved biodiversity, maybe only microbial biodiversity, do we see an increase in carbon sequestration? So all of those questions is something we're trying to explore together with some of the Danish universities. What's a bit scary but also super fascinating is that the food system is sitting in the front line when it comes to being impacted by, by climate change and the biodiversity crisis. So the sooner we prepare for <laughs> doing our part in helping mitigating and remediating these challenges, the better prepared Christian Hansen is as a company in the future. But again, obviously this needs to be a movement together with us as end consumers, our customers and governments and so on. So it's something we're in it together. Aarhus University is a frequent collaboration partner for Christian Hansen and many other companies in the Danish ingredients sector. In the university's Center for Circular Bioeconomy, the research team focuses on perfecting the art of biorefining 
to produce new plant-based proteins, fibers, and bioactive components for feed and food. The raw material is green biomass, harvested from perennial green leaf crops like grass, clover, and alfalfa. Associate Professor Morten Ambu Jensen heads up the center. Known as CBIO for short, it's the hub of a cross-disciplinary network. That's the whole idea of the biorefinery concept, to produce multiple products out of a single raw material and cascade those products into more value-added products. The concept of extracting protein from green leaves is not new at all. I think the very first attempts was in 1700-something. But in the beginning of the 20th century, people started looking at extracting green juice from green plants and use that green juice as a nutritious supplement that could be used in food. So especially around the, the Second World War, where we in Europe have seen a lot of malnutrition from a difficult supply of proteins, for example, that could be an alternative. So it actually started there. Throughout the 20th century, the green biorefinery technology didn't really catch on as a main process for producing protein, feed or food. The main reason for that is that soy became a world market product that could be shipped around with a good quality and easy to store. The world has definitely changed towards more focus on sustainability, more focus on battling environmental problems. And this dependency on soy that are produced in a few places around the world and transported to everywhere might not be a sustainable solution for the future. So alternative proteins are really important to balance that uh, production of, of soy and substitute it where it's not advantageous to use it. So actually these uh, green leaf protein concentrates compare really well. They have a high content of most of the essential amino acids, especially also the sulfur-containing amino acids. The potential for future results on the quality parameter is much bigger because you have so much more plant diversity in green biomasses. Just as long as it's a green leaf, we can process it. One of the good things about perennial crops like grass and clover is their ready availability. Another is the environmental advantages the pesticide-free cultivation and the large root network that captures nutrients in the soil. And then there are many opportunities to utilise the other components that are left over once the protein has been extracted from the leaves. Yes, yeah, so we have been increasingly focusing uh, the past years on valorizing the, the side streams more and more because that's where there are unexploited economic potential. Protein concentrate is one of the products, but then we also have a fiber fraction coming out of the green biorefinery process. This fiber can be used for multiple purposes. At the moment, we are looking mainly into its use as animal feed and energy in terms of biogas. So anaerobic digestion from this fiber uh, produces biogas. So that's one stream. And then we have another stream coming out of the green biofinery, which is the liquid residue. Uh, when we've taken out proteins from the green juice, we have a more brownish juice. And the brown juice is really interesting because we can achieve 
quite high concentrations of readily available carbohydrates. And it also contains lots of nutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, micronutrients. And these compounds are really good in substrates for fermentation purposes. There is a lot of development in this area of biotech and biotech solutions. It's this kind of dedicated research that has pushed Denmark to the forefront of the green biorefinery field, helped along by targeted funding from the authorities. The Danish government and the Danish grants for research and development have been focusing on green biorefineries and the potential that we had here for at least the last 10 years and increasing that interest through funding bodies like GUDP, which is a green development program, and also Innovation Fund Denmark has been supporting a lot of projects now. A couple of years back, we came to the point where the government were ready to say, okay, we see the potential. They wrote it into the agricultural um, plan for how to make the green transition in the Danish agriculture. So green biorefinery has, uh, it's mentioned, and also have a funding scheme for not funding research, but funding the commercial implementation. So uh, consortias can get some funding for thinking and calculating about their approach to this green biorefineries. There are two to three green biorefineries operating commercially today. And then we have our demonstration platform that is used for R&D work, but really in the large scale of development. But there are two uh, productions producing protein concentrates, selling it for feed for monogastric animals, either pigs or poultry. The first green biorefinery was started up at Ausumgård in West Jutland and an organic farm that also has a biogas facility and they saw the integration of this biogas production and grass production and green protein production to have a lot of synergies. So they started also with some help from a grant from the government and another green biorefinery, which is now Biorefine Denmark in southern Denmark. They are producing green protein from grass clover. We have tight collaboration with both and their technology is the same or very similar to the technology that we have been working on at the Aarhus University in collaboration with many other partners as well. And there's a lot of things going on at the same time. And that's maybe one of my points that the more activities we have at the same time, both in research and commercial and in between, the faster we'll get good solutions. In a few large containers at a harbour in East Jutland, the young startup enterprise Pure Algae is well on the way to commercialising another circular technology for ingredient production. Each container holds a new system for seaweed cultivation. Despite the harbour location, the technology is exclusively designed for use on land. Espen Christensen is the founder and CEO. Pure Algae is a company who is a technology provider of a seaweed-based water treatment solution. We turn emissions into revenue streams, and we do that by offering a solution 
where you can cultivate seaweed on saltwater streams that comes from the aquaculture sector, for example, and use the nutrients from these saltwater streams and use the CO2 to produce a valuable biomass. The idea for pure algae began with Esben's fascination with bioremediation, the use of a natural biological process to clean the environment. His interest was ignited when, as a young boy, chemical pollution threatened the biodiversity in a lake near his home. Years later, he came across large, land-based seaweed production plants while travelling in Australia. He put two and two together during his studies at Aarhus University. The initial seaweed production systems are made for land-based recirculating aquaculture systems, known as RAS. Although RAS plants already have processes in place that remove most of the nutrients from the water, around 10% are still left behind as potential marine pollutants. It's this 10% the pure algae can help them with. What pure algae want and why we are focused on the technology as a solution is that we want to make it profitable for the industry who wants to clean up the water pollution. So the reason I brought this back to Denmark was that I want to change the awareness on the green transition from being what does it cost to clean up our pollution to what can we actually earn. And the funny thing about the problem is that in many of these rest systems, we're dealing with salt water. And there are not many solutions that are addressing salt water. So it's a blue ocean strategy. What we often say is that we are developing a five-star hotel for seaweed. What we mean by this is that we are basically designing the perfect environment for the seaweed to check in at optimal conditions for growth. The key elements of this technology is having a controlled, land-based, vertically scalable system. At this stage, we have our systems in containers. In each container, we have eight tanks. And every tank is supplied with everything it needs from light supply, water, nutrients, etc. And the process is very much similar to that of a sourdough. We stuck a little of the biomass in this tank. We added what it needs to grow. Over a week, we expect at least a doubling of the biomass. At our laboratory scale, we have actually proven that we can achieve a four times growth of the stocking density of the biomass that we put in to begin with. So we have a really high growth efficiency in these systems. We expect that one container on 20 square meter will be able to produce an equivalent yield as to one hectare of corn production, for example. Since its founding in 2018, Pure Algae has not only attracted the attention of the aquaculture sector, Nutraceutical and medicinal companies are also drawn by the bioactive compounds in specific seaweed species. And in the food industry, seaweed is well known as a rich source of fibre, protein, vitamins and minerals, and as a raw material for thickeners and gelling agents, such as alginate and carrageenan. 
the seaweed that we are currently producing in the systems that we have today is seaweed that we use for research and scientific purposes. And we share it with potential partners so that they can test it. So by sharing out all the seaweed, we build up a lot of baggers for the seaweed. And that means that when we go in customer dialogues with, for example, the REST clients, then we are not only selling them a container that can produce seaweed, we actually already have the customers for the seaweed that we can bring to the table. And that's very important for this early stage process. We had a partner making a liquor. He made a gin using the seaweed that has been produced from our systems. And he only needed half a kilo. And he's been mass producing this gin, which still has the flavor of the seaweed, for more than two years. It has this taste that not only does it remind you of, of being at the sea, it actually has such a fulfilling experience that some actually feel that they are standing on the beach with their feet in the sand. So even with very little amounts of seaweed, you can have a very high impact on the gastronomic experience. Aarhus University is still an important partner for Pure Algae, along with international specialists in industrial design and automation and every other aspect of the seaweed production value chain. Just as Denmark's food and agriculture sector has demonstrated over generations, the collaborative approach to innovation is always the way to great results. For ingredient companies and the technology developers that are working to provide them with exciting new raw materials, today's global challenges are a strong innovation driver. Because biosolutions really do have a big role to play in the sustainable future of food. Many thanks to Warner, Morton and Esben for taking time out to join this episode of the Food Nation podcast. If you'd like to hear more about the Danish ingredient sector, just drop Food Nation a line. The team is ready to help you. You can also find more news and information about the Danish food cluster on our website, foodnationdenmark.com. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>